Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 109. We are discussing the Farmers Insurance Open on the PGA Tour and the Dubai Desert Classic on the European Tour. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Preview at Golf Betting System. And with me, we have... Well, it's, he's golfing royalty in a way. It's, it's our European Tour expert, Paul Williams. Morning, Paul. Golfing royalty, you sure? Morning, Steve. How you doing? How are we? Yeah, we're doing okay. It's good to um, have two such strong tournaments to really get stuck into this week. Yeah, you is. feel the kind of golfing calendar with Abu last week, and now Dubai. You got Saudi next week on the European tour. Mm. You got the Farmers at Torrey Pines, the return of Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. You know, it's, it's it's getting going now. Yeah, it's chugging into life very nicely. I'm thinking of Augusta already. Yes, It'll soon come round. Won't be long. It's, yeah, it certainly will. I, I can I can feel a uh, Masters podcast on the horizon with our friend Barry O'Hanrahan. I think. Mm. Yes. Why not? It sounds like a plan. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk is our website. Naturally, we are available on social media. You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. That has taken a huge leap forward so far in 2020 in terms of the numbers mm. of members that we have. Paul is available on Twitter at Golf Betting. I'm available at Bamford Golf. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts. It's on Podbean. It's on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom, iHeartRadio, and now on Spreaker. Please take time to rate and review us on iTunes. That is the podcast currency and drives our listener numbers continually upwards. Now, last week, Paul, I was virtually begging, begging for a review. Do you know <laughs> what? When when you ask our listeners for for some help, they tend to get back and help you. And uh, we've had a review. Fantastic. So it's come uh, from Striker Striker Ars Ace. He lives in the United States of America. And uh, his review is entitled, In-Depth Golf Review Every Week, Five Stars. Go to listen every week to get a point of view that is different than the flavour of the week. Love to hear them dissect the golf course and the player field. So thank you for that. Thank you for that, Striker R's. Striker R's ace. <laughs> yeah, thanks, thanks, Striker. Yeah, very nice, nice, nice to hear those words. So, thanks for taking the time and effort to. We are, uh, we, are a bit, we are a bit of a different flavour, aren't we? For we, you know, not only have we got kind of plastic London Cockney voices, which I would have thought a lot of our listeners. Must Michael Caine, you are Steve. Michael Caine. I, 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 I recall from a lot of our listeners. The other, one of our the comments. Other, a lot of our listeners, the other side of the uh, Atlantic, must uh, must struggle to actually understand what we're saying half the time. But yes, we're not. We're just. It's just a different view, isn't it? And it's such a crowded market out now. A lot of DraftKings uh, views out in the United States from some excellent podcasts are out there. We just do things slightly differently, don't we? So uh, mm. we are. Betting focused naturally, although we do have a little go go on the DraftKings now and again. I'm, I'm tempted, Paul. I've got to be said, I haven't played DraftKings so far this year, but this uh, Farmers Insurance Open, I think, is one of those events that I'm tempted to have a little little play with it this week. Yeah, yeah, no, it's one of one of my favourite ones to play with. I, I actually did 
quite well with it last year. I was leading the 100k um, GPP for a good few hours at one point um, before it all went horribly wrong. How did it go wrong? I forget. Was it Ryan Palmer? <laughs> it may, it may was well it him, have been. Was it him shooting three over on Saturday when he was when he was partnered, buddied up with Rose and Matsuama in the final group, and he <laughs> it, he had one of those <laughs> moments. It, that, so that does sound uh, sound quite yeah. uh, quite plausible. But yeah, I, I, I mentally already spent the money, which is obviously what you should never do. Yeah, new kitchen. Yeah, new kitchen. Don't tell me. Like Eddie Pepperell. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is going to be, without doubt, our biggest show of 2020 to date. Um, it's going to be our biggest podcast probably for six months in terms of listeners. And we're going to have a lot of new listeners, I think, this week, Paul. So mm. what I want to do before we crack on about the two tournaments is to highlight our fantastic majors competition that we're running in association with Bet365 uh, in 2020. So did you want to quickly run through that for me? Yeah, yeah. So we've run this for the last eight years, I think, so this will be the ninth. And uh, as you say, Bet365 have kindly offered to sponsor the competition once again um, with three cash prizes. They are cash, so if you win and you haven't got a Bet365 account, then um, that's fine. It's um, paid in cash, PayPal, check, postal order, whatever suits you guys, really. Um, First prize, £150, or currency equivalent. Second prize, £75. Third prize, £25. And what we want you to do, effectively, it's a one and done for the four majors. We want you to nominate four different players, one for the Masters, one for the US Open, one for the US PGA, one for the Open Championship. And we want to make, name one player of each of those majors and get them back to us either via Twitter, via Facebook. There's a whole thread of people's um, predictions on Facebook currently for you to uh, to look at if you go, go to the group um, or by, via email. Um, get back to us with your four picks and you will score points based on their dollar earnings for each of the four majors. So the player you pick for the Masters, wherever he finishes, whatever he earns, is your score for the Masters. The second or the different player you pick for each of the other three majors will, of course, score similarly. We'll top them all together. We'll create a leaderboard. There'll be a live running leaderboard after each of the four, or four majors. And you'll be able to see where you are. And, of course, the winners will be named at the back end of July after the Open Championship at sandwich this year isn't it so yeah are we going, are we going down to sandwich today? yeah we're gonna have to go down there for a day Steve, we're gonna have, we're have to catch the bullet train yeah some pancreas yeah, get, get down there for a little wander around kent Can't oh it is a wander as well isn't it mm. i remember when we went down the last time it's it's a it's a proper proper links golf course isn't it? Yeah, yeah. up and down there's no flat territory there at all no no that'll sort a few out Mm. No, no, looking forward to that very much. So, uh, so yes, that's at the back end of July this year. And then, of course, we'll, uh, we'll notify the winners or announce the winners shortly after the Open Championship. There's links to the competition details and rules in both Steve and my previews for this week. Um, yep. I'm sure Steve can pop a link to it on this podcast description as well. I so, will, I will. And of course, it's a great you're... competition, so get involved, yeah. listeners. It's um, it, it gets bigger and bigger every mm. year, and uh, quite rightly so. Thank you to Bet365 for their uh, kind sponsorship yet again. Let's quickly review last week. I would have thought you were absolutely distraught with Sergio Garcia's putter. 
I don't think, from what I saw on Saturday, I, was, I sat and watched an hour of it, he, I think Sergio was slightly unlucky with the group that he got dealt with, with Hao Tong Lee and, um, was it uh, Laporte? Not Laporte, who's the other one? Paratori? Yeah, I think sometimes... You, Shot 7-8 seven, eight, seven, eight over or something crazy. Yeah, you, you've got to pick positive vibes up from your playing partners and sometimes that just doesn't happen, does it? You know, you get one or two of them struggling a bit. But I, you boil it all down. I mean, clearly he was playing with new clubs, which kind of came out um, in the wash just before the um, just before the event last week. Yeah. It split with Callaway. Mm. Uh, but I don't think that affected him a great deal. For me, it was the it was the pace or his pace on the greens. I don't think all the way through the week that he really got to grips with the speed of the greens, and um, they were a little bit slower than they wouldn't ordinarily have been. It's it was clearly a, you know a, a softer course generally because of the amount of water that the course had taken on um, at the start of the week and the weeks leading up to it. So um, I think. You know, he's kind of shook the rust off a little bit and it took took a while for him to chug into gear. But he certainly wasn't making the kind of level of putts that you needed to be at the back end of the uh, the week to uh, to get himself, you know, into a winning position. But, he, you know, he, he was there or thereabouts. Got a slither of the each way power at the end with um, a tie for eighth. But um, it could have been, could have been so much better. What about Westy though? He was good, wasn't he? Westy. What? A resurrection of a career mm. from Lee Restwood, eh? Yeah. I mean, I I don't know about you, and I might be speaking out of turn, but you know, when I'm seeing him down in 125th in the world rankings in, back in 2018 at the D and D Real Czech Masters, mm. where he finished 61st, um, you just thought, you know, Ryder Cup days gone, um, world top 50 not going to happen. Yeah. Um, visits to Augusta National not going to happen. Now he's back up to 29th in the world rankings. And, you know, that Ryder Cup, um, that Ryder Cup spot, if he keeps on pressing forward, that's going to become a reality at this kind of level. Wait, wait, and, with, yeah. with, with did that, I read correctly? He's the first guy to get four wins in four decades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's um, it's a, it's a proper feat to, to achieve that, and clearly he's. Uh, he was never losing that tournament, though, was he? he no. was just in total and utter control. Yeah, yeah. From tee to green, he was good. He wasn't missing any of these five, six footers. He was solid over all of those, which have been his nemesis in the past. I mean, you go back to the back end of last year, and I backed him at the Ned Bank. I backed him at DP World. Tour Championship, his prior two starts, and he looked a bit disinterested. I mean, he obviously picked up on the fact that he'd been working with Robert Rock and was, you know, making some some tweaks and changes, and they were still kind of bedding in. And he did look at at the Earth Course, the DP World Tour Championship. He looked a little bit disinterested, really, and it kind of put me off um, last week, which uh, obviously is the the fatal mistake because he came back out after Christmas and. Clearly, everything was aligned. Well, he's going to be playing the Masters this year. Yeah. Um, I, I noted this. Uh, there was a tweet went out yesterday that they've already got a bigger size field for the Masters than they had last year and the year before. Yeah. Um, Westwood's going to be another one because he's going to be in the top 50 in the world. And you think about it. We were just talking about Royal St. George's. He came fourth at the Open last year in that, in that wind, rain yeah, and... Yeah. He can still be in a, in a nasty golf tournament when a lot of a lot of the top ranked players won't be interested and will fly home. You just know with Westy, he's the kind of bloke that's going to hang around at a Royal St George's if that's naughty. Mm. Um, yeah, 
I think it's um, you know, it's just a fantastic thing to see. I really do. Um, and we we get this every Ryder Cup year, don't we? You, you're always going to get um, the best players in the world and the, the players with the best pedigree that are fighting for those those 24 spots yeah. across that Ryder Cup. That's a huge start for him, isn't it? You know, the first Rolex Series event, you haven't got another one now till May, I don't think. Yeah. So, um, you know, he's, he's going to be in good, strong position for a number of months. And the way his game looks, um, you know, there's, there's no reason to say that he's not going to continue to no. put in some decent performances. He's, he's going to be in. He's going to be in the world uh, match play. He's going to be in the Players' Championship yeah. in the states if he wants to play them, and I'm sure he does. He's going to be Augusta, U.S. Open. Yeah, it, there's some big. Uh, there's some big points on offer now for Lee Westwood. Yeah. Um, the Am the American Express, um, as you know, I didn't, I didn't hold any words back. Though. I hate that tournament. With the, it's, it's something I just don't get on with. Do you like it a bit better now? I'd have liked it even better if Scotty Scheffler would have won. Yeah, he had a chance, didn't he? Even, I, even I tell you what, end. I did. In a, in a rage last year, I kind of got rid of all my analysis and um, said, "Where well, it's pointless. It's absolutely pointless." Even looking at this from a kind of statistical perspective, I binned it all. And I was sitting there last Monday or last Sunday, thinking, "I wish I hadn't binned it." <laughs> and thankfully, I still had an old spreadsheet of the analysis that was on an old, you know, an old folder from last year. Yeah. So I, I cranked it open and I thought, well, well, if I looked at it that way, and that did lead me to Scotty Scheffler. Mm. Um, but it, I, th- I just thought it was an in- uh, a fascinating tournament from a number of perspectives. Yet again, you get a player who would, I think he'd had seven missed cuts out of eight so far on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and five on the trot prior to, to winning. He's a previous winner, Landry, isn't he? So clearly he's got a winning He's a PGA Tour winner. He'd finished second there the year that John Rahm won it. Did he lose in a playoff to Rahm? I think he did, yeah. But yes, you know, pick him out at 200 to 1. Well done. Um, So you had that situation with Landry. So we've had a 600 to 1 winner and a 200 to 1 winner now in the last two renewals. Scheffler was in the mix. I. In tournaments like that in the past, um, when he's two over after six holes, you think to yourself, oh, he's not even getting each way place. But actually, he righted the ship, didn't he? And actually, with it, uh, with that eagle on the back nine, he was still uh, just one behind with two to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. Not, not without a chance at that point. I think Scheffler's going to be a proper player. Yeah, no, I agree. He's got, he's got the game, hasn't he? He's got everything that you need. He's, stre- he's streaky. He can putt well. Um, he's got a decent short game and clearly off the tee and... His approach play is is uh, is elite level. Mm. Um, I think he's going to be hanging around for a long time, Scheffler. And then, really to add uh, to add to the mix, I had Tom Hoagie. Yeah, lovely. Who, um, but who birded the last to get me a, a nice each way payout at two hundred to one. Yeah, and he'd it, it missed a couple of chances in the two prior holes as well. Two kind of eight, nine, couple of eight footers. Well. Yeah, I know. And at that stage, you, you're looking at it going, well, yeah. Typically, he's going to finish tied ninth, tied tenth. Yeah. But no, scraped yeah. into the top six in the end, didn't they? So. Yeah, the advantages of eight places as well. Mm. I'm one of these guys that with certain types of player, I personally will always take the eight places with a Betfair Sportsbook over a better price with six places or something like that, just yeah. for that very reason. But Yeah, with which, the longer price players, that's often the play, isn't it? If you can... With people that you know, you know, they, they haven't got the win equity. 
they don't win a lot, and you know that is Tom Hoagie. So um, yeah, that's the way I kind of play it. But yeah, all in all, to walk out of the Amex or PGA West with some a decent haul of profit, yeah, uh, I was I was very buoyed by that. So um, yeah, that well helps on the profit and loss. Indeed, no, very nice. Right, let's crack on, shall we? Farmers mm. Insurance Open, and this is where the real top boys come out and start playing their golf. Um, we've got Rory McIlroy, who has a chance of becoming world number one. Yeah. Uh, he has to win the tournament, is my understanding. Yeah, it's and, getting ever uh, closer, though, isn't it? So uh, if he doesn't the, do it this week, then I think it's coming. It's happening, isn't it? Mm. It's just a case of where, I think. Um, I had a look at this um, yesterday. I think it was 20... Yeah, 2014 was the last time he was world number one. Mm. So it would be a, an absolutely phenomenal performance by Rory. Clearly fifth here last year, going to have a lot of supporters. Um, but you're getting a best price at the moment, 13-2 to two on uh, on Unibet with Rory McIlroy. You've got John Rahm who's won here. Tiger Woods, <laughs> seven-time winner at Torrey Pines. Justin Rose defending. Xander, you've got Hideki. You've got Ricky Fowler, Gary Woodland, Tony Finau, Patrick Reed, Sung Im, Colin Morikawa, and of course, score, spe- score specialist Jason Day. It's a it's a loaded event. It's an absolute loaded event. Is this one of uh, one of the tournaments you look forward to, Paul? Or? Yeah, it is. I mean, you're right. It's loaded. I mean, you're going all the way down to Jason Day, and Day's there at forty to one, which is a, a good strong price for a player yeah, of on, Jason Day. You'll, you'll be back in there, I'm sure. <laughs> But no, I, I think what you said at the top of the show, this is really where the, the season kicks off and um, this is what I look forward to because you clearly do see a lot of the uh, the world's best players in attendance yeah. on a cracking course as well, which uh, is going to host the US Open, I believe, in a couple of years' time. Was this is year? where, yeah, for me, this is where you can start plotting a course to Augusta. Mm. Yes, it's um, it's it's um, had another Reese Jones, the Open Doctor, has uh, been he was given the task last year of, of strengthening this golf course for the 2021 US Open mm. and uh it doesn't take a brain surgeon to work out what Reese Jones does he effectively <laughs> he effectively says right where where can we build some tees that are further back <laughs> uh, we're going to bang plenty of bunkers on landing areas uh, where the bombers are going to be landing their tee shots and we're just going to trick the golf course up to be a lot tougher mm. listen to this you know, you're going to be reading that um, sorry, Torrey Pine South plays 7,698 yards this week. It doesn't. Uh, with this new renovation, at sea level, it is 7,765 yards. That's pretty long. I can't think of anything longer. No. No, I don't, I don't think there is. I don't think there is. So, yeah. Uh, we have a renovated golf course to play this year. Um, this golf tournament, the Farmers Insurance, clearly one of the uh, traditional, uh, one of the biggest tournaments as well on the PGA Tour domestically. They play it over two courses. Uh, the South course, the US Open course, uh, the major championship holding course, clearly gets uh, three rounds. So what effectively happens is you get to play the South Course and you get to play Torrey Pines North Course uh, across the first 36 holes. 
and then they make the cut, and then the weekend's activity, of course, focuses on the south course. Um, the north course was redesigned by Tom Weiskopf in 2016. He did toughen it slightly, but even so, let's take last year as an example. Bearing in mind that conditions last year were very tranquil, and that's exactly what we're going to get this year. Uh, Torrey Pines South played to a rank of 18 of 49 golf courses in terms of its difficulty on the PGA Tour. Uh, Torrey Pines was 45th of 49. And this is how this tournament works. You have to fire a low score at the at your uh, on your 18 holes at the north course. You have to shoot a low score to get this uh, tournament won. Uh, it used to be that the um, South players that played South Course Thursday, North Course Friday, uh, won this. I think it was for eight or nine consecutive years. Yeah, it was a big trend. Yeah, well, yeah, there was a, there, there was a trend. That, well, there was a trend, but people say, well, yes, but you know that was all for TV, and the better players always played the South Course on the Thursday. I can get all that, but Justin Rose last year blew that into the weeds anyway because he played the North Course first, and I think he shot something incredibly low. Like nine under par sixty three, he did. John Rahm shot ten under, uh, sixty two, and Doug Gim, the Gimpster, and Justin Rose both shot nine under on that Thursday. So the leaderboard had Rahm at the top and uh, Gim and Rose in T two, with CT Pan also shot a sixty four around there last year. Mm. So that's the course you've got to get stuck into, yep. and then literally you hold on to your hats and you hold on to a. You hold on to your hat around the south course because it is major tough. What I want to do from now on on the podcast is highlight our predictor models. We have statistical predictor models at Golf Betting System. Um, Paul and I use them as part of our um, research process for both of our tournaments each and every week. We have a European Tour predictor, which we'll go through clearly at the Dubai Desert Classic stage of the podcast. We also have a PGA Tour predictor, which we uh, use, well, I use quite a lot for my research. It's free of charge for you to use at Golf Betting System, and you can run as many tailor-made models as you wish. Um, we've got some great variables on there this week. Roll over five years, po Poana positive for the greens. A firm golf course is likely this week. Who plays well on firm golf courses? Who plays well by the coast? Who, uh, who is fantastic when it comes to playing the West Coast Swing. All that information available on the predictor model this week. I'm going to run through the top 10. I'm also going to highlight a bookmaker this week that on both tours is awesome in terms of odds. Right now, first thing Monday, uh, Tuesday morning over here in the UK, they are leading the way on odds for both tournaments this week in terms of uh, you know the best bookmaker that's available. Unibet. Um, we, we mention Unibet quite often now. They, uh, for, If you haven't got a Unibet account at Golf Betting System, you can access a Bet20 and get £40 in free bets and bonuses. New customer offer. You can pick that up via Paul's preview or my own preview, both available in the description box. And we say this, and we've been saying this now six, nine months, Unibet are outstanding on price. You always get a... Um, a odds calculator or one of the guy that pulls the prices together at Unibet that has an opinion and that can vary massively to other bookmakers. 
yeah. and to other odds compilers. Yeah. Listen to this right now on Unibet. Um, Rory McIlroy's best price of thirteen to two. Reed, Im, and Morikara at thirty threes. Uh, Jason Day, as you mentioned, and Cameron Smith are both forty to one. You won't get a better price than that with any online bookmaker over here in the UK or Ireland. Yoking Neiman and Jordan Spieth at fifty to one. Mark Leishman at fifty-five to one. I had a good look at Leishman. Uh, Billy Horschel at seventies. Ben Ann and Co- Jason Cokerag at eighty to one. Phil Mickelson, Harris English, and Bubba Watson one hundred to one. Best price with the Unibet so far this week. Okay, I'll take you through the top ten of the predictor. If I mention each way places, um, they're all paid a fifty odds. So Jason Day is ten in my predictor model this week, forty to one with Betfred, seven places each way. Nine is Cameron Smith, forty to one with Betfred, seven places each way. Eight is Justin Rose, eighteen to one Betfair sportsbook at uh, eight places each way, uh, defending champion. Seven is Tony Fee now, thirty to one with William Hill, six places each way. Six, Hideki Matsuama, 20 to 1 with Ladbrooks. Top five, Xander Schofle, 18 to 1 with Betfair Sportsbook, eight places each way. Four is Gary Woodland. Betfred are offering seven places each way uh, with Gary Woodland available at 25 to 1. Three is John Rahm, 8 to 1 with Betfair Sportsbook, eight places each way. Two, Ricky Fowler, 25 to 1, Betfair Sportsbook, eight places each way. And number one, you won't be surprised to hear, Rory McIlroy. 13-2, to two, available with Unibet, six places each way. Just to talk about the predictor model, uh, last five winners of this, four of them have all populated the top 11 spots in that predictor model that particular week. Mm, that's good. Uh, just out of interest, um, I am seeing... Who am I seeing? I think it's Jordan Spieth at 11. <laughs> I won't be touching Jordan Spieth this week. <laughs> that might not be the magic number. Well, it might be the magic number. We'll see. We will see. I do have Spieth in mind in a couple of weeks' time, though. Now, winning scores around here. 2019, Justin Rose. As I said, I can see um, conditions this week being very, very similar. He shot 21 under. Now, they've toughened up the south course. Um, I think it's going to play firmer this year than it did last year. I, there was a quite a bit of rain in the build-up on tournament week. For me, I think this is going to be one of those typical mid-teen, potentially 17, 18 under par winning scores, I think, across the, the four days. That's where I'm... Um, that's where I'm putting my stake in the ground in terms of you know a target score for victory this week. Now, also, we always look at winning prices. And winning prices of the uh, of the renewals recently here. Rose won at 14 to 1 last year. Jason Day at 22 to 1. John Rahm when he won on course debut and was a uh, was a rookie, 55 to 1. Brand Schnedeker in that tournament where the Sunday conditions were blowing 50 miles an hour, 18 to 1. Jason Day, 14 to 1. And then 2014, a complete freak here. Scott Stallings, or Scott Stallings, 250 to 1. So if I take the average there, 14 to 1, 18 to 1, 55 to 1, 22 to 1, 14 to 1, we're in the mid 30s in terms of a target price of players that. Tend to get the job done. Yeah. 
that juicy midway, that juicy each way price point is 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 where I'm staking my claim. We have had Tiger Woods winners in 2013 at 15 to two. It does happen. Um, I'm sure Rory is going to be popular. Um, I did take a uh, take a good look on Rory. To date, I haven't seen Rory win on his seasonal debut since right. he's been a professional. Yeah. Lots of seconds. I remember one particular second, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, when he finished second to Graham Storm at the South African Open. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think McElroy will be a factor. Of course he will. He comes out of the gate hot. Does he win? Well, he hasn't. He doesn't tend to make a habit of winning in uh, his first season debut. Uh, and I also, I wonder how that, that first tournament where he can become number one yeah. is going to have any kind of effect on him. It's a factor, isn't it? It's, it's an it'll interesting either, one It'll either motivate him and he'll dominate it, or he'll have a quiet start to the tournament, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's a difficult one to call, isn't it, in that respect? But clearly the motivation should be there. Hmm. McElroy then at thirteen to two at the top. John Rahm at eight to one. We know with John Rahm, he's clearly a course winner in superb nick at the end of last year. Uh, and then of course the what? What do you do with Tiger? We we were discussing this yesterday, weren't we? We 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 kind of knew that the bookmakers would put him up at a particularly short price. I said nine to one. You said ten to one. And then there's a couple out there offering eleven to one. On Tiger Woods, yeah, and that will be ten to one, I think, by the time that uh, eleven to one gets snaffled up, because that won't be there for too long. Then people will be tempted by it, I think, mm. rightly or wrongly. Justin Rose at eighteen to one, coming was he runner up in Singapore last week? Uh, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, that's right. Yeah, to Matt Kuchar. The one I've plumped for at the top of the market, the one for me that's got plenty of win equity behind him. Uh, the one that I think offers some half reasonable value, the way that he's been playing, is Xander. So I'm in eighteen to one, two points each way, with Betfair and the eight places each way on Xander Showflay this week. I just think he's got the game that actually can bring um, a contending performance this week. Yeah. Now I don't know. Xander clearly is. Um, from San Diego, he lives in San Diego. This is his local golf course. Um, but he, you know, you look at his history here: miss cut, miss cut, miss cut, twenty-four. And I think most of that will be the fact that for these young professionals, your home, your home tournament, the pressure, your friends coming down, the local media talking about it, building it up, is something that you know it's it's easy to struggle with. Yeah, but actually, if you look at Xander's game, these, these are his ranks, right? Fourth for strokes gained off the tee so far this year. First for strokes gained tee to green. Second for birdie average. Fifth for, for, for par five birdie or better conversion. Ninth for putting average. Yeah, it's pretty. Impressive. They're the they're the ranks that win this golf tournament. Yeah. Uh, for me, Torrey Pines, especially now it's <laughs> the longest golf course on the PGA Tour. Um, it's all about power off the tee. It's all about total driving or strokes gained off the tee. And but you have to be confident on these Poana greens. You've got to have the ability to save par when you're in the rough. So 
um, you know, anything with a, if you're good with a mid iron or something or with a wedge to get yourself out of trouble on some of these par fives, if you've missed, if you've missed the fairway, there's going to be a lot of bogeys and a lot of doubles this week. Yeah. Because this golf course is long, it has tough rough, it's going to be playing relatively firm. I think you've got to have a short game, but effectively the the tournament is always won on the greens and I want someone that's a nice, confident putter and someone that's got that natural ability to putt well on these Poana greens. You know, effectively, Tiger Woods has won so many times around here. He's the blueprint, isn't he? And when he was in his prime, in his pomp, he hit the ball a hell of a long distance. He had no weaknesses in his game, especially his short game and his putting. I think Xander, when you look at his record of golf courses he's won at, and even last year, second at Augusta National, third at Pebble Beach on the Poana Greens there at the US Open. He was also second at the Tour Championship at Eastlake. Those golf courses just scream Tiger Woods to me. Um, I just thought at 18-1, to 1, he's the guy that's uh, at the top of the market that I'm going to do it that I'm going to cover off this week. Yeah, and I think we talk about um, Xander quite a lot, don't we? And and what motivates him to to really put a shift in in some of these tournaments because the bigger tournaments, the majors, the WGCs, the ones that really matter to him are the ones where he tends to focus his efforts. And mm-hmm. some of the other kind of run of the mill PGA Tour events, you don't see that. No, no, absolutely, you don't see that level of. Um, Desire, I guess, you know, the commitments there. Of course, it is, and you know, he's a professional, but uh, I think he does try and lift his game for these events that mean the most to him. And perhaps this one will. Perhaps, as you say, kind of a hometown lad, he'll he'll want to he wants to achieve that as part of his uh, kind of tick box exercise of his career goals and aspirations. So, yeah, can you imagine if he won his home tournament? What boost that would give him going into oh, the massive. majors this year? Absolutely. Huge. At the top of the market as well, you know, clearly we've got a very high quality affair here. Matsuama, Fowler, Tony Finau, Patrick Reed. You know, the young um the young emperor, if you like, that is Sung Jim, he's gonna win on the tour soon. Colin Morikawa, Jason Day at forty to one, who I'm sure you've backed, even though you haven't told me that you have. Scotty Scheffler at 41, some quality, quality players, and even the likes of Smith, who won at the Sony Open, Schnedeker, the course expert, Neiman, Spieth, Mark Leishman. Now, I must say, Mark Leishman at 55 to 1 did tempt me from an each way mm. perspective. The one I did plump on, the one who I couldn't resist, and he was chalked up yesterday with one firm, that being Unibet, at 33 to 1. It was a wrong price, it's a bad price. I had to just take it. He was as short as twenty-two to one across most of the other bookmakers. It got to be Gary Woodland, doesn't it? Yeah. Gary Woodland. He doesn't even need explanation, does he, to why you tip him up for here? The U.S. Open champion on Poana at Pebble Beach. The link between Pebble Beach and here. Oh, just to the one thing I haven't mentioned. The one thing that people are already um, talking about on Twitter. Why you know the the same old things get run out about this tournament. It's played on Kikuyu grass. The likes of which you only ever see at Riviera as well, Riviera Country Club. Well, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there. I just think Gary Woodland at thirty-three to one. I just couldn't resist. So I've gone two points each way, thirty-three to one with six places each way available on Monday with the Unibet. Uh, he is now a twenty-five to one chance um, across a number of firms right now. But Woodland, he's just perfect for this, isn't he? Long off the tee, great total driver, great strokes gained. Um, individual and actually at the moment he's putting well and he's scrambling well 
So for me, I think this is going to be another event that Woodland, uh, you know, if you look at the his course rotation, look at events that he plays, he always plays well in the West Coast. He's clearly won at Phoenix, uh, came very close at PGA West many, many years ago at the Bob Hope uh, Classic. You know, California is where he plays some of the best golf. I just mm. I, I just had to snaffle up the 33 to 1. That was a wrong price. Especially when you've got Tony Finau with at twenty two to one with one yeah, firm yeah. right now. Yeah. You know, Woodland can get over the line. He's got some win equity about there. I saw um, you know, Woodland out there with the likes of Colin Morikawa, Sung JM at the same price, thirty three to one. You take Woodland every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I can see the logic. I haven't spoken to Barry O'Hamran about this week, but I expect Barry's all over. Mm. All over Gary Woodland. He does like a bit who, of Gary. Who interested you, Paul, of the of the top players, sort of 50 to 1 and shorter? I'm not sure there, there was one I really did fancy, to be honest. I mean, we've, we've talked and joked about Jason Day, but I haven't backed him. You haven't? Um, no, I haven't. No, no. In fact, I, I haven't backed anyone lower than 100 to 1 in this. Um, mm. no, rightly or wrongly, given the, given the breadth of the field, as you know, it kind of points towards someone who's going to be. Uh, going to be a shorter price he actually wins this but uh, I think I'm going to just tackle the each way yeah, angle yeah. You're, really you're looking at the each way equity yeah because you know again you could have a you could have a Rory who walks away with this you could you could have a, a John Rahm who you know has been playing fantastic at the back end of last last year you've got a Tiger Woods who clearly absolutely adores this place and um, you know we've seen in recent times you cannot Right, Tiger Woods off. He's, uh, no. he's look what he did in well, Japan in, in the autumn. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's well capable of winning a tournament on a track that's one of one of his. You know, and we know Tiger. He's got this kind of handful of tracks where he's just won umpteen times, and and this is one of them. And um, mm-hmm. whether it's verging on, you know, the length now is getting to a point where he's going to have to go after some of his drives, which we shall see. But. Um, you know, I'm I'm struggling at the top end of the market to to, to part them. So so yeah, I've got, I've gone a little bit deeper down for. I had mind. to dig into this. This golf course now features all of the par fives are uh, over 560 yards, and it has seven par fours of over 450 yards. Mm. So you are getting your driver out. <laughs> it's unavoidable. So I don't know. I, it'll be interesting to watch Tiger and his driving this it week. It will, absolutely. Very two, much four, two more for me at bigger prices. You know, each way plays effectively. Uh, one I couldn't resist. I wanted to, but he's playing such great golf at the moment. Um, I'll just read out um, what he's done recently. Twelfth at Nine Bridges, tenth at Narashino at the Zozo. Uh, he was fourth last time I fourth last time out at Wyalai at the Sony Open. His stats are strong. And he finished runner-up here a couple of years ago, made the playoff with Alex Noren and uh, Jason Day, Ryan Palmer, the Texan. Yep. I think he's a decent each-way player at 70-1. to 1. I was on him last year at 100-1, to 1, uh, and we've already mentioned the fact that he shot three over 75 when in the final pairing on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. But actually, if he gets the kind of where he's just kind of hanging around on the leaderboard, doesn't get under too much pressure. I can, I can set, definitely see him being an each-way top eight finisher this week, Ryan Palmer. So a point each-way at 70-1 to one with the eight places with Betfair Sportsbook. And I reckon this guy could be one of the flavours of the week. Um, 
I just after his fourth place last week at the American Express, Sepp Stracker, a point each way, 125 to 1, eight places again with Bet Fair. You could get 150 to 1 yesterday. That has all been snaffled up. That has all been hoovered up. 125 to 1. Um, I managed to get with Betfair. I believe now it's into 100 to 1 with Betfair on the eight places. Yeah, he's been, been backed in across the board, hasn't he? And quite Sepp, rightly too. Sepp, quite rightly. Sepp Stracker, I mean, he's perfect for here. He's one of those... He's one of those guys that you've got to ride the heater when the putter's warm. He's a bomber. He's a GIR man. He was 11th at the Rocket Mortgage, 26th at the John Deere Classic, 3rd at the Barbasol, 11th at the Barracuda last year in his rookie year. And those are the kind of heaters he has across consecutive tournaments. Fourth last, fourth so far at the Houston Open and the American Express so far this year. Um, but, you know, T to green, he's got a great game. And he was 13th here last year as a rookie, coming off inbound form of miscut, 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 miscut. Mm. Clearly likes the golf course. He was fifth for strokes game putting last year here on the Poana. And many of you will remember that he just popped up randomly at Pebble Beach last year at the, uh, the US Open. Um, he shot bookend rounds of 68 in round one, 67 in round four to finish 28. That's his only major championship appearance. He clearly gets on with the grasses over here on the um, on the Pacific coast of California. I just think with a, with a guy that was um, ninth for driving distance, 11th for strokes gained off the tee, second for strokes gained approach last week, third for strokes gained tee to green. Uh Anything around that 150, 125 mark, I just had to be involved with Sepp Stracker. I missed out on the 150s, but I managed to get the 125s and the eight places, which is what I wanted for him as an each-way chance. So, for me, the four I've got against the field, Sepp Stracker, Ryan Palmer, Gary Woodland, and Xander Schofley. Who are your long shots, Paul? Mm. Yeah, no, I've, I've, I've back to one of, one of whom is Sepp Stracker. I think that... Um, we're doomed. Yeah, I, I, I know that his, his price has gone down from last week, and quite rightly so. He played particularly well last week. Um, I, I, there's, no, there's no holes you can make in his case, I don't think, at that kind of price. He's, he's a good each-way long shot, so I'm quite happy to take um, 125, which I did the same way as you, actually, Steve. Um, the other one I've backed is a guy that you've mentioned a couple of times on the pod over the last few weeks. Oh, and that's, okay. And that's... Harris English at mm. one hundred to one um, with Unibet, who you mentioned earlier as well. We've uh, we've gone standout price on that. Generally, is around about the eighty to one uh, mark, but um, yeah. I've taken the hundred to one with them with six places. And we know with Harris, he had a flying back into twenty nineteen, didn't he? He was was he fourth at the Greenbrier, uh, sixth at the Sanderson Farms, fourth at Houston. Fifth at Mike Hover, some some lovely contending performances, and he was hitting the ball long. He was hitting the ball straight. He was hitting greens, and um, for me at oh, this yeah. track, there's, there was nothing not to like in the way that he ended the um, the back end of the year. Now you mentioned about his status and the fact that he doesn't get into all of these events. So um, no. he did, didn't get into the Sony. Played last week at the Amex. Um, he was forty eighth though overall after a, a slow start, but twentieth uh, going into Sunday. Um, shot sixty four on the Saturday, which was amongst the very best rounds on yep. the day. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I also like the fact that he's got some decent course form here. He missed the cut last year, but that was his first missed cut in seven attempts. Other than that, he lost in a playoff here in 2015 to Jason Day. There was that big four-man playoff that year, you may recall. And 14th in 2017, where he's fifth going into the final day. Eighth here in 2018. So there's some really positive course form for English as well. And coupled out with the fact that um, at the back end of last year, he was one of the, uh, the hottest properties on the PGA Tour for a period of time, notwithstanding what Brendan Dobb was doing. But um, but yeah, Harris English. Um, at that price, quite happy to take him on, I think, and, uh, and see if he can contend for a place and maybe even sneak that win that, uh, that was looking quite possible at the back end of last year. A couple of DraftKings plays. We don't tend to mention DraftKings. We we do uh, DraftKings specials, don't we, for the majors. We might mm. even do one for the players this year. I just think Matthew Nee Smith's playing some fantastic golf right now. Yeah. And I'm sure he's going to be a very, very nice DraftKings price. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's, that's one that I might be looking to add to my squad. Reminds me, Wyndham Clark played here well here last year. Now Clark's not in that same kind of form, but Matthew Nee Smith, he just he just plays some really nice long hitting, relatively straight golf. Mm. I think he's one that could just pop up from a DraftKings perspective. I mean, Talol Gooch, he, he managed to land a two hundred and fifty to one each way place it last year. Yeah, absolutely. Coming straight, I think he finished fourth the week before at PJ West, and then he he came here and it was a real feature, Talol Gooch. Yeah, and he flashed a little bit of form last week as well, didn't he? Did. he? So I was just looking mm-hmm. to see what price he's coming in at, at DraftKings seven thousand two hundred on DraftKings. What so. price is Lanto Griffin? Griffin, Griffin, Griffin. Can't see him. Two seconds. Let me find that for I'd you. I thought it'd be higher because he's yeah. been playing some no, nice. Uh, yeah, seven thousand nine hundred. So, mm. but even so, compared to some of the boys at the top end, who you know the tens and eleven thousands, you can uh, you can slot a couple of these boys into your team um, with relative ease. I should. Have thought the other so. one I was thinking about potentially to back each way and potentially for a DraftKings. In fact, I think I will play him in DraftKings. Is Cameron Champ. Right. You know, yeah. you think about it. Seven thousand seven hundred yards, or almost seven eight. Um, you want someone that can bang the ball as far and as straight as possible. Yeah, yeah. Champ's an amazing driver of the golf ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And actually, last year he won his second PGA Tour title at Silverado, which features Ben mixed with Poana greens. <laughs> so clearly, gets on with California. I thought there's some 80 to 1 hanging around Champ. He hasn't got the greatest scrambling game, which I think ultimately would bring him down from a kind of winning the tournament perspective. But if he does go on one of these tears where the driver is so, so strong and he's hitting plenty of greens, I could see him being towards the top of the leaderboard and potentially a, a, a decent DK route if you're looking down the, the kind of balance team kind of. Uh, route with this, yeah, seven thousand eight hundred for Champ. Mm. So and yeah, given that his last three PJ Tour finishes twenty seven, fourteen, twenty one, they're pretty yeah. solid performances mm. for a, a player that kind of uh, kind of price level. So yeah, I can see the logic. Loving Definitely. the Farmers Insurance Open this mm. week, right? Dubai Desert Classic on the European Tour. Take it away, Mr. Williams. Yeah, so it's week two of our three-week stint over in the Middle East. Uh, next week, Saudi. 
And to be fair, next week is the biggest event of the three, even though last week was the um, Abu Dhabi and was the was the Rolex Series event. Next week, the field is incredible. We've got. I'll just read a few for you through a few of the names for next week. We've got Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Shane Lowry, Answer, Sergio's playing, Mickelson's playing. Johnny Vegas is coming over. <laughs> Ian Poulter, Westwood Wallace, Stenson, Wiesberger, Rafa. This goes on. There's some abs- an absolute cracking field out in uh, in Saudi next week. They've been raiding the Saudi royal family war chest. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think a few. Uh, a, a not few... that I'd say anything wrong about the Saudi Arabians, of course. No, of course not. It's, I, I th- it's, it's one of these one of these debatable sporting events. But it is. Know, yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's it's here to stay. That's the way it's going to be. They they've got first class boxing there with the Joshua fight. They get the E Prix there in terms of the uh, motor racing, mm. and they're just going to get the biggest sporting events there now. And you know they're prepared to pay for the best talent. So absolutely, that's the way it is. yeah. The appearance fees will be there, and rightly or wrongly, that'll attract some. Clearly, it's going to split opinion next week, and. Uh, so be it. We'll look at it from a betting perspective, and that will be the uh, the angle of attack. But yeah, notwithstanding that, it's going to be a cracking field next week. But then again, actually, in recent years, this this event has suffered a little bit as a result of the uh, the, the the events that flank it. But it's not too bad this year, got to no. be said. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood lead, leads the way at seven to one generally. A little bit of eight to one out there, but that'll be gone before too long. Uh, Matt Fitzpatrick, who finished second for the umpteenth time in the last uh, year or so last week, uh, eleven to one. There's a little, again, there's a little bit of twelve to one out there, but that will soon be disappeared as well. Louis Oosthuizen, twelve to one. Hen- Henrik Stenson, twenty to one. Sergio's twenties also. Then you have got the likes of Shane Lowry, twenty five. Thiesberger, twenty eight. Perez, Victor Perez, twenty eight to one, who played particularly well last week. Defending champion Bryson DeChambeau, 28-1. Lee Westwood, last week's winner, also 28-1. to 33-1, bar those players. Um, you said you about the uh, predictor, Steve. Did you want to slot that in at this point before well, we why not? We were, just talking, we were talking prices. Again, Unibet, they're just dominating on price this mm. week on this event. They're paying, again, six places each way of 50 odds. But right now, I'm seeing uh, their best price... Market price on Tommy Fleetwood at eights, Fitzpatrick at twelves, Wiesberger and Perez at twenty eights, uh, Westwood at thirty threes, uh, and Jane Watanand. I can't ever pronounce that man's name. Be interesting to see how he does this week. Yeah, he will be. Yeah. Been playing some great stuff in the Far East. Yeah, Victor Hovland. When was the last time we saw Victor at forty to one? Mm. Well, you can get forty to one this week with Unibet on him. Uh, Eric Van Ruen and also um, Hao Tong Lee, a previous winner here. And listen to this: sixty-six to one on Matt Wallace mm. and Matthias Swab. So Unibet, their market leading price on all of those players right now. Uh, in terms of the predictor model top ten, uh, Bryson DeChambeau is twenty-five to one, the defending champion. Unibet six places each way. If I mention each way places, all the fifty odds. If you could get Bryson out of the gym, I think he'd be dangerous right now. <laughs> uh, nine is Rafa Cabrera Bayo, thirty-five to one with Bet three six five. Eight Paul Waring, fifty to one with Betfair eight places each way. Seven Louis Oosthuizen, twelve to one with Betfair eight places each way. Six Hao Tong Lee, forty to one with Unibet six places each way. Five is Henrik Stenson, twenty to one with Betfair Sportsbook on the eight places. 
four, Matthew Fitzpatrick at 12 to 1 with Unibet, six places each way. Three is Martin Keimer, 35 to 1 with William Hill, six places each way. Two, Tommy Fleetwood, eight to 1 favourite, Unibet, six places each way. And number one, Sergio Garcia, 20 to 1 available right now with Coral, seven places each way. Lovely. Yes, so uh, as you say, some some cracking prices out there from uh, from Unibet in particular this week. So uh, do make sure you shop around if you're um, having a punt on any of those players that have been mentioned. Um, back to the event itself, then, and as ever, the Dubai Desert Classic's being played over at the Emirates Golf Club and the Majlis Course, uh, to be precise. It's a typical desert affair. 7,353-yard par 72 with Bermuda Green, so slightly shorter than last week. A few more dog legs, a bit more classical in its its style in terms of its routing. And it's a slightly different equation to last week, but you're still going to need to score well. When you look at look the likes of Tao Tong Lee, as Steve mentioned a second ago, uh, 23 under when he won a year ago, or the year before last, 24 under Bryson DeChambeau won last year so you're going to need your scoring shoes on to win this week's event going back to 2010 the winners here i'll just read you through the prices of the guys who've got over the line miguel angel Jimenez, the mechanic one back in 2010 at 66 to 1 wow alvaro Quiros, 16 to 1 rafa cabrera bello won at 125 to 1 stop it he won a golf tournament. <laughs> I, if wow. I remember rightly, this is this is the one that he won with an incredible final round of sixty. I think. Well, it was. naturally, yeah, yeah. It has to, he had to be thirty-eight shots off the pace <laughs> to get the victory. But wow! Yeah. And he was sitting in the uh, scorers hut for about four hours until yeah. they all finished and, uh, and fell over each other to not not make it to his total. But yeah, one hundred and twenty-five to one. Rafa won that week. Mm. So. Uh, Back in the day. Stevie Gallagher won in 2013, 70 to 1, and he retained his title the year after at 45 to 1. Then you get into some more household names. Rory McElroy won at 7 to 2. Danny Willett at 40 to 1 before going on and winning the um, the Masters. Sergio won at 20 to 1 in 2017 before doing the same thing at Augusta. Tong Lee won 110 to 1, and he didn't he didn't win Augusta, having been touted for that on the back of his performance. Bryson won last year as the 10 to 1 favourite. So a good wow. mix of uh, prices, some long, some short, some middle. So no real clues there, but um, a flavour of the kind of players that have got over the line. Just out of interest, Paul, how does it work? How does it work with seasonal debutants? Have you got any of them that have they all played a tournament this year? If you see what I mean, before prior yeah. to most of them. I mean, you go back through the record books. I think here, having played in Abu Dhabi, is a positive to acclimatise yourself. And yeah. a lot of the players would have done that. You know, this this the way this set up, even historically, when Qatar Masters was uh, was part of the fold as well. I think being over. In the Middle East, having got used to the grasses, the temperature, the conditions is a positive, yeah. and and you'll find actually there's a big chunk of this week's field played last week in in Abu Dhabi as well. So, so yeah, I, I, I wouldn't you know say categorically you cannot have um, played the previous week and, and, and get over the line, but I think performing okay. even if you just turned up and shook the rust off the previous week, I think it's got to be a positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's but good. yeah, as I say, it's slightly different test, but you know, it's still desert golf at the end of the day, isn't it? Mm. Um, 
we should expect dry, warm conditions this week, mid 70s um, in terms of temperature, sunshine, 10 to 15 miles an hour through Thursday through to Saturday. Sunday looks a bit windier actually, 20 to 25 miles an hour as an average, so the gusts are going to be a bit stronger than that still. So that's going to keep a lid on the scoring on Sunday should that materialise and and also um, will demand a certain level of wind play ability for the players at the um, the upper end of the leaderboard coming into uh, coming into the final nine holes or so. So that should be quite interesting. Should that materialise, um, there could be a few uh, few wrecks along the way. Should that uh, wind actually be there on Sunday? But we shall see. Um, for me, typically it's high greens and regulation, five par five scoring which wins the day here. You need to be good on both of those. You don't think you have to be the best putter. I mean, reading through that list, you've got the likes of Stevie Gallagher. He's not the best putter by any stretch of the imagination. Rory's one here. You know, Rory can be good for the putter, but historically, his, um, his ball striking has been his strengths. Sergio, again, you know, the kind of player that you'd put down as a more of a, a ball striker, um, Tita Green merchant, than a putter. So... Um, even though the scoring needs to be particularly low to get the job done, I don't think you need to be putting at 1.5 putting average to get the uh, get the job done here. You just need to be giving yourself an awful lot of opportunities through your strong iron play. A couple of trends. Top 10 in the last eight starts is positive. Each of the last 10 winners here had achieved that feat. So a top 10 in one of their last eight starts. Almost all of the winners here have had a top 20 finish in the past too. Hao Tong Lee was the exception, as was Rory McIlroy, who hadn't played many times prior to his first win back in, what was it, 2015. So he played two or three times up until that point. Every other player who's won this tournament had a top 20 finish to their name around these parts historically. So it's... Um, Certainly a positive to have played well and played before here and also to be coming in with a bit of form is also positive too. So throw them all into the pot. Um, I've come back with four players for this week. I'm headlining with Sergio Garcia back last week. I'm keeping faith with Sergio. He's the top of the uh, predictor model, as you said a second ago, Steve. Um, I Sometimes all of us can be a little bit too quick to drop a player and um, I thought I'd drop Lee Westman for the right reasons last week which uh, came back and bit me on the backside. so um, I'm sticking with Sergio his long game looked good for the most part last week it was just the pace of the greens really I don't think the change of clubs really affected him negatively I think it was just the pace of the greens and I think this will be firmer and faster this week I think it'll be more au fait with how it's going to play he's a previous winner here 2017 um, when he won the, the event last um, or the only time he's won it, he should know what's required around these parts. From tee to green around here, he's led greens in regulation three times. Um, and then that's another common fact. I'll put this in the preview. Um, a lot of the winners here had historically played well um, with their approach play around here in the past to, to set up opportunities in the kind of second or third time after that that they'd arrived back, they'd, uh, they'd worked out the the solution to getting the uh, to getting the job done with some strong iron play. So three times his lead greens regulations around around this part, which is a good factor for me. Last week, ten under par for the par fives. That was second in the field, and again, that's an important factor here in my view. 
Um, he hit five of the 16 par fives in two shots last week. So that was um, leading the field or joint leading the field. So clearly going for the greens, which is going to be, again, another important factor here this week. He was uh, he was hitting nigh on a third of the greens in um, two shots last week, which is positive. A little bit, little bit more wind. And again, he talked about this in interview last week. When it's a little bit windier, he feels that he's got a stronger chance. And this will be a little bit windier than last week, say 10 to 15 miles an hour. And if that uh, stronger wind does materialise on Sunday, then he's going to be one of the guys who's best equipped to deal with it. So throwing it all together, I'm quite happy to stick with Sergio at the 20 to 1 price point. Uh, backing him up, Paul Waring, 50 to 1. I took him with eight places each way. You can get slightly um, longer prices with fewer places, but um, I've taken the 50s. And again, if we want a ball striker, someone who hits lots of greens in regulation, then Paul Waring is one of those players who's out of this field here. He's one of the very best exponents of that part of the game. Eighth of the greens in regulation last season in total, so those stats don't lie over the course of a full season. Isn't missed a cut since June last year. In that time, seventh at the Irish Open, third at the Dunhill Links, eight in decent company at the WGC HSBC Champions. For me, Paul Waring stepped up a level in his career over the last, um, well, certainly the last couple of years, but even more so over the last few months. And I think that second European Tour win could be just around the corner for him. Last two starts, 14th in Dubai. No one beat his weekend score total, 68-66 for a 134 weekend. And that was joint best on display at the Earth course. 12th last week in Abu Dhabi, closed with a pair of 67s. And third here last year, I mean, it all kind of adds up to a, a fairly straightforward pick. But um, you add into the fact that he also led the field last week for par five scoring. And like Sergio, he also hit five out of the 16 greens in regulation, or greens under regulation, effectively, so in two shots. So I think he can go well. I think he can score well here. 66th in the world, quite oh, yeah. right now. He's really stepped up to the plate over the last 18 months. Yes, yeah, yeah. De- definitely. And that, that's his career best position that he's sitting in right now. He's never played the Masters. And there's this other, there's another Masters top 50 cutoff, isn't there? which must be coming up in probably a month or so's time. I'll have to check the exact date. Mm. Um, and uh, that'd be a real dream for him to uh, to play at Augusta. So at 66th, actually, you know, a win in this kind of event, and he's going to be knocking right on the door there of that. So in terms of motivational factors, um, there's going to be little more for a guy at this point in his career than to, uh, to try and break into that top 50. So... Happy to side with Paul Waring this week. Another Englishman, Ross Fisher. Now, you mentioned Fisher last week, yeah. Steve. So we didn't, 175 didn't, to 1, yeah. Yeah, didn't give you the plaudits for that as well because he snuck into a, a top six position yeah. last week, which was uh, very nice for He's each way back. this week, isn't he? I've got to say. Yes, mm. Yeah, and there's there's lots to like about Fisher when he's starting to find a little bit of form with his, mm. uh, with his putter. Because yeah. we know... Tee to green. There's there's no there's, there's no question, is there? You know, even when he's playing poorly, tee to green is is usually strong. He usually mm. pounds greens in regulation. Um, but last week, um, over the weekend, eleven under uh, eleven birdies and a single bow. Sorry, it was eleven under with a single bogey over the weekend. So really, wow. did um, 
did play well. And we've, we've, you know, Dennis Pugh's been banging on about this over on Sky Sports for for months now, hasn't he? Saying that uh, Fish is only just one decent week away from winning a tournament once the uh, once the putter starts to warm up. And actually, we've seen some really positive signs with that. Um, he was eight for putting in Spain. That was his best putting performance relative to the field for over 18 months. Mm. So clearly something's starting to percolate there. 18th for putting last week. For me, 18th for putting in the field, if he hits as many greens as we know he can, kind of mid-80s, yeah. he's going to be bang in there for me. I think he's... You look, the other thing about Fisher, Paul, is you look at his record. When he does find confidence with that flat stick, mm-hmm. he can bang consecutive performances together. Yep. I mean, I'm just reading this, you know, Mexico Championship 2017. He was third in the WGC in Mexico. He then made the quarterfinals of the world match play. He then finished uh, third at the Shenzhen International, sixth at the China Open. So, you know, you've got four fantastic performances there. There was 41st at the Masters in between as well. You know, this is the thing with Fisher. When he's confident and he finds the putter, he, he can bang contending performances together. Yeah. Yeah. One after the other, after the other. I yeah, think he's, absolutely. He's a, he's, a, he's a good look this week. Yeah, no, I, I think I think he's got a good chance this week. Three three top tens here in the past as well, and a few other strong mm. kind of top twenty performances or there or thereabouts. Um, three times he's uh, sorry, twice he's led the field for total driving. Three times he's finished second for ball striking here. So again, from sea to green, he's got the measure of this track. He just needs that putter to to yep. stay warm. And if it warms up even slightly from last week, he's going to go very, very close to winning this tournament, I think. Mm. So, yeah, quite happy to take Ross Fisher at 80-1 to 1 with eight places this week. And wrapping it all up, Brandon Stone at 150-1. to 1. I backed Stone a couple of weeks back at the South African Open. And, of course, yeah. he missed the cut. Now, happy to give him another chance here because I think there's still some good underlying form. And I think after missed cut at South Africa, he plodded along to kind of a standard couple of opening days at Abu Dhabi. But then over the weekend, 66-69, finished 21st overall. Seemed really buoyed on Twitter. A um, lot of birdies in that, uh, that that's th- those final two rounds. Overall, he was third for total driving, second for ball striking on the week. So that was clearly counteracting the two first days, which weren't so good. Nine under for the par fives last week as well. Um, and again, that was after a bogey on the Thursday, one of the par fives. So, so he overcame that as well. For me, um, 150 to one, I think he's well worth taking on. Three missed cuts here, but he has had a seventh in 2017. And again, that week when he played here, third for driving accuracy, eighth for greens, third for total driving, third for ball striking, can clearly play the course. Um, it just needs to be in that positive mindset. And I think after a decent finish last week. He could be in that kind of frame of mind. A couple of wins at 20 and 21 under in his career. That's the kind of score I think you're going to need to be getting to this week. So um, if he can replicate that, he could be rewarding each way backers at a three-figure price also. So, yeah, to, to summarise, Brandon Stone, 150 to 1. Ross Fisher, 80 to 1. Paul Waring, 50 to 1. On top of the shop, Sergio Garcia at 20 to 1. There by four, did you uh, pluck any out, Steve, that you fancy? Oh, I've, I've plucked a few. Danny Willett? Yeah, yeah, let me down I've, last I've, week. I've got to back Willett because you, ha- you aren't backing him, <laughs> so he'll win this week. Danny Willett at 45 to 1. Thank you very much. I'll take yeah. that. His driving was shocking last year, uh, last week. Yeah. But, you know, I remember that uh, Ned Bank challenge two years ago where, he, um, where everyone tipped him. 
he couldn't hit a fairway for love nor money. Flew yeah. to the uh, flew to the Earth Course, won the DP World Championship. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. He's it's, one of those it's consideration, but yeah, I left yeah. him alone. But yeah. no, I can understand why you did. But win equity wise, will it? If he gets in the mix, he does convert. I do like the look of Willett. I think G-Mac at 66 is worth a little look because he's playing some fantastic golf right now. I haven't backed him, though. The other one I do like, and I always struggle with the price. I don't know why he's always so big. Is Kirk Kitayama, mm. 80 to 1. He was right in the mix after 36 holes last week, and he's yeah. hitting tons of greens at the moment, Kitayama. Yeah, he did. He, got, he dropped away a little bit. Under, you know, mm. I think everyone's entitled to a bad day, aren't they? So, um, so these things happen. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. And it'll win more, Kitayama. That's, there's no Good doubt. player, Kitayama. So, yeah, I'm backing Kitayama, and I'm going to back just because it. You, we, we need to cover him off as a team. I'm going to back <laughs> Danny Willett as well. But I do, do like the look of Ross Fisher. Yeah, if Danny Willett wins, I will congratulate you with gritted teeth next week. That's this. That's us then. Indeed. Best of luck this week. Stay looking forward to this. It's going to be a cracking week, I think. Yeah, best of luck to you. Best of luck, of course, to all of our listeners across uh, both the sport, the uh, the golf betting, and of course the DraftKings. Uh, It's going to be a cracking week of golf. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week for the Saudi Arabia event, and also one of our. one of the tournaments we really like to get stuck into uh, is it. I think it's Phoenix next week. Yeah, waste management, yeah Phoenix waste management Phoenix Open. Another mm-hmm. great tournament. Thanks for listening. See you again soon. Bye bye.